Welcome to Your Care, Your Rights, Your Voice. This is Marie Painter, the State Long-Term Care Ombudsman in Connecticut. I'm here with you today for our first, very first podcast related to long-term care um, and your rights. We decided to do this podcast because we understand that there are many individuals out there trying to make decisions related to their care and services. Um, Sometimes it's related to going into a nursing home, and at other times it's just how to get the care that you need, um, whether you're at a hospital, talking with your physician, and making sure that your voice is heard as an individual. More specifically, I really want to talk to people about their rights when it comes to living in a long-term care community, Um, one here in Connecticut, but really across our country. Um, In 1987, there was a nursing home reform law that required nursing homes to have these rules in place that protected residents' rights. And they're really to guarantee the quality of life that individuals deserve. Now, all nursing homes are required to have these, so you would think that it looked the same in every building, but it really doesn't. Each home sort of rolls them out in a different way, and people don't always understand what all of their rights are. To that point, many individuals don't understand what an ombudsman is. Uh, Many times people don't even uh, know that there is such a thing as a long-term care ombudsman until they need one. So we're gonna talk about that a little bit today as well. For those of you who have never had an ombudsman interaction before, um, there's ombudsman in all different types of um, service, usually military, sometimes police departments are where people have had the most history with working with ombudsman. Long-term care ombudsmen um, are required within the long-term care system in every state, but they're set up a little differently um, in each state. Here in Connecticut, we sit within the Department of Aging and Disability Services. We are an autonomous um, component within the state agency where we're able to advocate on behalf of what residents want. That's really one of the most important pieces of our role is that we take our direction Um, and how we work and what we do directly from the residents that we serve. So sometimes a family member, a friend, um, maybe even a care team member might call us with a concern, either on a resident's behalf or something that they saw, and they want us to address it. We go and we make sure that we make contact with the resident and get their permission to pursue the concern. Now, if the resident can't tell us or Um, give us permission, we would go and ask the responsible party. Um, And so because of that, it's really important for people to understand that we're not mandated reporters. There are other individuals that are in that role. Um, There's elderly protective services, and here in Connecticut, it's called Protective Services for the Elderly, or PSE. So we have something called regional ombudsmen, and regional ombudsmen go into long-term care communities and provide Um, residents with support, making sure that they're fully informed of their rights, and helping to advocate on behalf of those residents. Uh, We also provide outreach and education to residents and staff. We also have volunteers. If anyone out there is looking for a volunteer role and wants to um, work in the long-term care continuum, please reach out to us. Um, We have volunteers that go in to help support residents in nursing homes, we'd also like to expand that to assisted living communities or even residential care homes. So if you have any interest in that, please feel free to reach out. We do a lot of training um, and make sure that people are 
equipped in order to be able to respond and give appropriate feedback. Now, my role as the state ombudsman is really to work at a state and federal level to make sure that there are policies and laws and regulations in place that protect the quality of life and dignity for long-term care residents. So I do a lot of work with our state and federal government, as well as other large groups, like we work a lot with AARP, the Center for Medicare Advocacy, um, Disability Rights Connecticut, and um, many of our legal services agencies. Those are some of the individuals that we'll be hosting on here to give you information to help make sure that you understand the different aspects of long-term care, uh, what your rights are, and how to really advocate for how you see your best day or your loved one's best day going. I think it's really important for people to have something called a playbook, right? So really think of ahead of time before you're in a situation where you're making care decisions, what it's gonna take for you to have your best day, what does your day look like now, and what would that mean in a long-term care setting? There are a lot of rights when it comes to what someone is able to ask for in a long-term care setting. The right to be fully informed, to really understand all of the charges and um, maybe costs related with long-term care settings. How to get in contact with our office, right? So reaching out to us. On that note, you can always call us at 1-866-388-1888. Leave a message and an intake coordinator will call you back to take a full um, understanding of what you're looking for. They will write that up and get it to the regional ombudsman in your area. So like that, we talked about being fully informed, knowing what your plans are, who your roommate's going to be, um, and really assisting you in any way possible to make sure that it's in a language that you understand. That's something that the nursing home is required to do. That you have the right to complain. If you have a complaint, knowing how to file that, there should be a place for grievances to be filed without the fear of retaliation or reprisal. And we know that that's something that comes off quite often um, and that we work with residents on. It's not necessarily because they've ever experienced um, retaliation, but whenever you have a situation where you're not feeling like you're in control or you have control over your um, daily life or things that you need to do, that you worry that if you complain about the person that has what's seen as the power in that situation, um, that something might change or it might be difficult for you to get care or services the next time or they'd be upset with you. So we talk about how to do that in a way um, that you feel safe, that's appropriate, and that is supported by the long-term care um, community. Also, the right to participate in your own care. It's really important that residents are heard. They don't just attend care plan meetings, which a care plan meeting is truly one of the most important components, um, I think, of anyone's long-term care experience. That residents attend, that they have the people there that they see as supportive to them, whether that be friends, families, maybe it's someone else in the long-term care community. That those people be identified, that the meeting takes place at a time that meets the person's needs and in a place where they're comfortable. That might be their room, might be a lounge, it might be another area in the community. That should be identified ahead of time and the person should be allowed to have that support. Also that the entire care team attend. So that's a nurse, social worker, recreation, dietary manager, 
And what I think is most important is that the um, CNA or the care aid attend and is, is actively participating in that meeting because they're the individuals that know what the person requires during the day, usually has the most interaction with the resident and can really support them in planning out their day, what time they wanna get up, um, what they like to eat, maybe really what the doctor has suggested as far as medication or um, dietary restrictions and talk about does the resident really wanna follow those, right? It's important that our medical providers give us their best medical professional advice, but just because we go into a long-term care setting doesn't mean that we're required to follow that um, absolutely without question. You should be able to talk to them about what they're recommending, how you feel about those recommendations, and if you're willing to choose to take those recommendations. You can also ask for uh, a second opinion. So those are important things to remember when you're participating in your care in that way. Um, residents have the right to refuse certain medications and be free of chemical restraints, as well as physical restraints. And that's really difficult. I think that sometimes family members think um, if someone's falling in the community or a different setting, that they're gonna go into the nursing home if they don't have to worry about them falling anymore. And we know that once an individual begins to fall, that often they continue to have falls. And so what does that look like? How can meaningful interventions be put in place to keep, um, to keep you safe while still allowing you that independence and autonomy? Another right is related to privacy and confidentiality. You have the right to private and unrestricted communication with people of your choosing. So maybe not everyone in your family gets along, or you have a friend that other people that you care about don't get along with. They have to allow you to be able to have safe communication with that individual. So sometimes it might be by the long-term care community supporting those visits, making sure that you have privacy. Um, but we can talk about that, and that's something our office can help with. But privacy also means privacy to your treatment. And so you should be able to have those private needs met um, with your physician to talk about those um, care needs that you might have and that you don't have to share all of that with everyone. Uh, we really encourage you to have individuals that support you and that you can share with, um, but that you do still have the right, even though you're in a long-term care setting, to that level of privacy. This goes for your medical records, your personal affairs and your financial affairs as well. One of the main rights that we often get involved in is related to transfer and discharges. So nursing homes should start working with you on your transfer or discharge goals on day one. As soon as you enter the nursing home or the long-term care setting, they should be helping you assess um, the least restrictive environment, what that looks like for you and where you wanna be and make sure that it's really your choice that you're fully informed as to what your insurance covers, both in that setting and other settings. And this way we know that you're making the decision that's going to be most appropriate for you and best support your um, overall health and well-being. I really see health as more than just a medical component. I believe it's part of your emotional and social well-being as, as well. You can't have one piece working and the other's not working if you're treating someone in a holistic way. If a nursing home feels that you no longer need to be there, you're not at that level of care, 
So there's certain things that trigger if someone needs to be at nursing home level of care. They may tell you that they feel it's an appropriate time for you to transfer or discharge. It's important for people to know that you're supposed to receive a notice about that transfer or discharge. And they're supposed to help you plan for your next step, whether that be back to your home, a new home, or maybe it's a referral to the Money Follows the Person program. All of those things should be discussed with you ahead of time. If for any reason you're issued a notice of involuntary discharge, that's something that our office also receives and will reach out to you to try to support you, see if it's something you want to appeal, or if you have any concerns related to it. Now, many people discharge back to the community um, on a regular basis. They may go to the long-term care community for short-term rehab or just some support, and then they go back to their community residence. And this is important to think about. Where would you want to go and receive that care and service and have them be part of your care team, right? So a care team knows you, they know what your goals are, and they help support you in that. But all discharges or transfers should be safe and appropriate. Even if you're being asked to transfer to another nursing home, you have rights related to that. And we're gonna have one um, podcast dedicated just to those rights, and we're gonna have an attorney join us um, to talk further about that. You also have the right to dignity, respect, and your freedoms as a US citizen. I know that sounds kind of funny, but it comes up a lot related to receiving your mail, packages unopened, um, the way people talk to you, treating you with respect and dignity, speaking to you in a way um, that you deserve to be spoken to, and that right to self-determination, right to choose um, what kind of care you're going to get and to have that be respected. The right to vote, voting, Voting's huge, right? In our country today, it's really important to ensure that people have access to being able to vote and that that's supported. Um, and the security of their possessions. Your room in your long-term care community should be seen as your home. Um, we've really worked hard to advocate for that. We've passed laws this session here in Connecticut, um, securing the fact that an individual's room is their home and that they should be able to direct um, what happens in their area of their room. We do want to make sure, again, going back to privacy, that people work with their roommate, that people are fully informed and, and understand that. But to the extent possible, that people have the right to that area of space in the world and the control of that area. People knocking before they come in, asking to enter your personal space, all of those types of things. So you also have the right to visitors. And this has been a really um, hot topic this past year as we've dealt with the pandemic and visitation restrictions in long-term care communities. We know that that's had an incredible impact to the residents that we serve um, and their ability to connect in a meaningful way to the people that are the most important to them. Now, staff have done really all that they can do in order to support residents, but many residents spent up to a year, if not longer, just in their rooms due to the pandemic. And staff were doing everything they could to meet their care and service needs, but people are more, again, than just a medical diagnosis and care and services. And so we've really been advocating that there be something called an essential caregiver, that um, we're working on a law federally, and seeing if we can have it passed to ensure that residents can um, always have access to at least two people um, on a daily basis in order to support them 
and their social and emotional needs. Um, but right now, as it stands, there are changes to the visitation um, rights at a federal level due to the pandemic, and it is challenging. So it really depends on um, if there's any positive cases in your long-term care community. Here in Connecticut, we have an algorithm that is used by the long-term care community to um, ensure that residents have appropriate access to visits with family members and where those visits take place, whether they need to be outside, can they be um, within the long-term care community, on the unit, does someone have a roommate? They have to look at all of that. Separate and apart from during a pandemic, um, residents have the right to visit with anyone at any time, as long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of another resident. So what does that mean? That means that if a visitor wanted to come at nine o'clock at night, they need to be allowed, but you might be asked to visit in a lounge if you have a roommate that the visit can't be so loud that it's keeping other people on the unit awake, those types of things. But we would want to see that you were able to have um, that visit take place. Residents also have the right to talk to individuals from the survey agency. So here in Connecticut, that's the Department of Public Health. But in many states, it's your licensing agency, whoever comes in to make sure that the long-term care community is licensed to provide you with the care and services that you're receiving. And if you have questions or concerns, you have the right to talk with them privately. To talk with friends, family, visitors of your choosing, even other family members um, to another resident. You could say, I you know I've visited with them for years and I wanna to continue to see them. Also by organizations, um, social, legal, or religious groups that you wanna socialize with or you wanna invite them into the home um, to visit with you. Again, there are some limitations right now due to the pandemic, but we want to ensure that people know that traditionally this is an area that we would expect to see um, no barriers in place. You also have the right to make independent choices. So decisions about how you want to wear your clothes, how you want to spend your free time, um, what your preferences are, who your doctor is, now, the nursing home or the long-term care community might have physicians that are um, available to come in and see you, but they can also work with your physician in the community and keep them updated. Um, but they should be able to give you a list of doctors that are available and that you can choose from in your long-term care community. You should also be able to participate in community activities both inside and outside of the nursing home or long-term care community. So you should still be able to go to the library in town or the senior center and attend book club. We wanna make sure that people have very full lives. And at every nursing home, there should be a resident council. We really encourage people to attend and actively participate in the resident council. This is the place where you can go and talk about issues or concerns and have them addressed as a larger body of residents. Um, that's really important to have the support of your peers when you're addressing a concern. You also have the right, and we're talking about independent choices, to understand how you're going to spend your money and what those choices are around spending your money. So as you can see, there's a lot of different rights. And the goal of this podcast is to talk about these rights, one related to long-term care communities, um, within nursing homes, residential care homes, and managed residential communities that we also call assisted living. 
but really you can apply a lot of what we're going to talk about to any of your long-term care decisions. And, you know, we're going to talk about the idea of the playbook and having that written out sort of as a gift. It's a gift to your loved ones, your friends, your family members to know about your voice, what you are saying you want so that God forbid there's ever a decision that has to be made when you can't actively participate or tell them that they know what you would have chosen and how you would have made that decision. And they're able to move forward in that direction. I know for me personally, um, when my father passed away, we didn't have that playbook and it made it very difficult to really know what he would have wanted. I think we made the choices that he would have made and we did the best that we could do during a really terrible time. Um, but I think that had I had direction from him, it would have allowed me to feel more secure in that. Um, and I will share with all of you that a few years ago, my husband passed away after a long period of illness and we had that, we had his playbook and I had the ability to talk to his brothers and understand what he wanted and what he wanted us to do. And so I didn't feel like I was making decisions and that that pressure was on me. I felt like I was fulfilling what he had asked of me and advocating on his behalf to his long-term care um, providers and making sure that they still heard his voice. And I, I do truly feel that that was a gift for me, for our kids, for his family, our family, because we felt like we were honoring him versus having to make really challenging decisions during a time when I don't know what I would have done otherwise without sort of that playbook. So we're gonna talk about all of that, how to put that together. And I'm gonna bring experts in from across the long-term care continuum. Um, we're gonna talk about your rights related to Medicare, um, what to expect when you're um, trying to make decisions as to what Medicare package to choose, what if you didn't get to choose. Um, we're gonna talk with legal services and maybe even about Medicaid and what it looks like if you have to apply for Medicaid, what to expect. Um, as well as within the nursing homes, talking about how to ask for things, what you can expect in the way of a response and how to advocate for yourself. So I'm really looking forward to the discussion and please give feedback. We really wanna know from you what are topics that you think you need more information on related to care and services, long-term care, um, advocacy, whether it be at a state federal level or trainings that it might be important for residents um, and family members to have either before you are in a long-term care setting or once you're there. So visit us. Um, you can catch us on anywhere that you normally hear your podcasts, Spotify, Apple. Join us and let us know um, what you'd like to hear from us. Thanks for joining us today.